Welcome to season two of the Aging Project podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Craft, and together we're here to uncover and explore the secrets to healthy, fabulous, vibrant aging. We've done the research and we've found the best guests ready to help you flourish at any age. So join me as I ask the big questions, your questions, to some of the world's leading authorities in health, wellness and lifestyle. Think of them as your own support aging mentors, a group of experts that are here to make the little changes turn into a big difference for us. The Aging Project was created to help you age well, to help us all age well together. So welcome to the Aging Project podcast. As we navigate this aging well journey, it's hard to avoid the topic of alcohol. So today's episode has us asking, does our relationship with alcohol need to change? It is a big question, so let me be upfront, let me be clear. This episode is not about telling you what you should or what you need to do. We are a non-judgment zone here at The Aging Project, ladies. You do you. That is our motto, always. But I do think this topic is worth exploring. So why don't you pour yourself a kombucha in a wine glass, of course, (laughs) and let's welcome today's guest, Darren Oline. Look, to be honest, we delayed talking about this topic, um, perhaps because I do love myself a nice glass of wine. Uh, We have been thinking about covering it, but we just haven't come across the right guest. And when I listened to your Fatal Conveniences podcast on your Darren Aline show about social drinking, uh, we knew we had found the right person for this topic. And to be honest, we haven't had many men on this show, but I think you are the absolute perfect choice. Your personal story is so powerful in this arena and um, you are such a straight shooter, which I really, really appreciate. So honestly, this is what we need to hear. Pretty much enough sugarcoating alcohol. So let's get in. Um, I obviously know you extraordinarily well. I've followed you for a long time. But for those of us here in Australia who perhaps haven't heard of Darren O'Lean, you're about to, I guess, engage with a totally new audience. Give us your elevator pitch, Darren. Who on earth are you? Oh my gosh, that changes on a daily basis for sure. Well, uh, I came from you know, 20 years of running around the globe looking for uh, plants and botanicals and formulating for products and trying to really optimize health in that way to get, you know, plants into people's lives, a lot of adaptogens so that people can deal with stress that we're dealing with in a modern day world at a level that we can't even really start to understand. So that world opened me up to the environment in a lot of different ways, culturally in a lot of different ways, and seeing water, power, food, shelter issues uh, around the globe and, and wondering why people are suffering unnecessarily. So that set me on a course to open and expand myself into the environmental space. And and then kind of it, it came by way of serendipity where Zach Efron and I uh, linked up um, through a conversation that I had on a podcast. He reached out to me and next thing I know, we're running around the globe uh, uh, kind of bringing Zach into this world of health and how to better ourselves as human as humans on the planet as well as ourselves individually so uh we created down to earth season one season two will be coming out it's all in australia 
So <laughs> your listeners will love that. So that's coming out sometime in the summer. I wrote a book called Super Life. Uh, I'm writing another book right now called Fatal Conveniences, where I'm diving into uh, a lot of these topics even deeper, from EMFs to the clothing industry uh, to personal care, you name it. So that's a long elevator uh, ride that we took, but uh, (laughs) I'll just kind of uh, close it down, stop it there. I will say that you and Zach seem to uh, redefine what it meant for a boy's road trip. And again, very grateful, very grateful for that. Um, You've also hosted over a gazillion podcasts. And the one that you just mentioned, that fatal convenience is really is so extraordinary. Um, You know, all the things that we have come across, I guess, really only in the last 50 to 100 years that are slowly, slowly killing us, or perhaps some not so slowly. So for my listeners, jump on board that. Um, It's a sensational one just for bringing to light some of those things that, yes, they are extremely easy. Uh, Yes, they do, I guess, assist us in our fast-paced world, but they're not doing us or the planet any good at all. So that is fatal conveniences. Um, Darren, obviously here, Social drinking in Australia, if you um, did do your road trip with Zach, you will know that it is very much a part of our culture. Um, We grew up with it, you know. I'm I'm a kid who was uh, in my teens in the 90s and it was all about nick off and 20 cent drinks and wipe out, you know, you'd you'd hit these parties pretty hard. Um, And it really, I guess, you could call it binge drinking. I suppose we were calling it social drinking. Um, And it seems, you know, 20 years later, we might still be doing the same thing. It's socialising equals drinking equals fun. And now that I look at it, that's that's not a very good equation at all, is it? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And listen, I think almost every culture, even uh, dating back for almost many of the cultures, have been drinking and fermenting beverages from carbohydrates, from agriculture, for you know, 7,000 years before, before Christ was here. So it's not like, uh, this is, this is not new. This is something we've been doing for a long time. Just because we've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean it's, that doesn't mean it's good. Right. Um, and of course it's, it's Mm -hmm. socially acceptable. And I too came from, you know, I did have an alcoholic parent and had some generations of problems in that area. I was a college student. I gave it a go as much as anyone else. And it was this moment (laughs) that maybe people can kind of use this as an opportunity to ask themselves questions about who they are, what they are, and maybe where they want to go. And that is when I woke up with a hangover, not feeling good in college, I was frustrated because I'm active and Listen, a lot of Australians are infinitely more active than even here in America, right? So it's a healthy population. Uh, They're outside a lot. They're moving around. When I woke up that day and wanted to go run around outside and go for a run and all of that stuff, I, I literally was stopped by the just the pulsating brain. And because I started studying physiology at that time, I started going, man, if my head hurts this bad, this can't be great. Plus, 
it is stopping me from having fun the next day and the next day and the next day. So I ask myself this question, what am I getting from the alcohol? And I quickly said, well, you know, I get to let go. I get to socialize. I get to hang out with my buddies. I need to, you know, go, go play around in a way. And, and so I said, well, why do I have a middleman? Why do I have a middle <laughs> thing that is in between me and just having fun and letting go? So I said, I don't need the alcohol to let loose. So I, plus, I don't want the physiological problems and the headaches that it's giving me and stopping me from days after that, right? So I said, just, just still do what you want to do, but teach myself how to be me without the excuse of this alcohol. And it was just one of the greatest epiphany moments that I had that changed my life because not only did it change my life for the better from all of those reasons and physiologically and probably trouble I would have gotten into, changed my life from a real issue that I had throughout my life. And that was living with an alcoholic and his father died of alcoholism and who knows how far that goes back, I broke a cycle. So once I realized that I could unleash myself without having this excuse and being fully cognizant and also integrated with what I cared about, what do I care about? I care about life. I care about health. I care about living an extraordinary life. And for me, Alcohol absolutely did not fit into that equation. And not to mention seeing my dad destroy himself in that process, that definitely lent, lent me to, you, you kind of got to figure something out because that path is not one to take. Mm -hmm. So it always feels good when you can realize something and then integrate more things in yourself, in your life, to then give you more momentum and more wind at your sail of who you are, what you are, and what you really want in your life. So that moment continues to be a moment, and I'm forever grateful for that epiphany. But the thing is, it's so easy for all of us to blow off those little touches of awareness those little feather moments when that says in that little voice that says, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. But then it's so easy to succumb to the matrix of what our friends, our old buddies, our new buddies, our business associates, whatever it, whatever the excuse is, it's so easy to succumb to it. But what I find, the more you say yes to yourself, the more you start resonating with those people that also want to kick ass in their life, and then that bond is infinitely greater. 
Because if you have people around you that are not supporting you being great and being one that's a, I don't feel like drinking. I'll still go out with you. I'll still have a good time. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to judge you. Very important. People can do whatever they want. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do or not. None of my business. I'll share, share my point of view. You want to take it? Cool. If you don't, not on me, right? So we have to allow ourselves to be free within ourselves. And then that gives the license for other people. Now, if you are one of those people or you're feeling pressure, then you're allowing people to have control over you and your life. That's a much bigger problem. Yeah, to have that epiphany in in your early 20s, I guess, at college there, and to just go, you know what, no one else's opinion matters to me. So it wasn't really about the drinking ultimately then. It was about taking charge of you and your life, and that just happened to be something that triggered the fact that you weren't going to let anyone's opinion affect you. And isn't it sad that even sitting here in our, in our you know, middle age that we are still concerned about what people think of us, whether that's good or bad, um, which can actually control your actions. So that's where it starts, doesn't it, with just saying, I am my person, this is my life, and I am going to do it my way no matter what anyone else thinks. 100%. And then you're taking a leadership role in your own life, right? And you, you start moving in that space and it attracts other things. Because if you say, if you integrate, again, this can be used in anything. We all are listening right now knowing that we can make better choices in our life. And it feels so good mm-hmm. when we say, you know, I actually know what to eat I know I shouldn't always eat that thing or I know I shouldn't always drink that thing or it's all of these or, you know, I kind of want to move towards this job. And so if I if I start moving in that way, so it's it's about that integration. It's about that discernment that you have for yourself. And the more I am discerned at what I want the more I fill up my self-esteem, I fill up the gratitude, and, I, and I'm not worried about what other people think. I have zero people in my life that are pointing a finger at me. Oh, like, oh my God, you, you, know, you should come out and drink with us. And like, it's like, uh, you know, no problem if you want to do that. And again... I would rather find the people and the and the things that line up for me and what I want and where I'm going to go in order to have the life that I want rather than kind of doing things out of something else. And that's something really important here, I think, that we need to ask ourselves what kind of questions or what is really going on. Underneath all of this, because I, you know, listen, I could talk to you right now about, you know, some of the massive studies that have been done, the epidemiological studies that are showing crazy correlations between cancer, heart disease, diabetes fully exist. And we're not even talking about heavy drinking, right? We're talking about binge drinking, somewhat consistent drinking, uh, Dr. Amin's work, 
2008, like where, where they were absolutely finding just drinking once is changing the neurology. It's changing the metabolism of cells, converting proper energy. It's shrinking. It's actually measurable and shrinking the brain. And this isn't, this isn't something like, well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm not alcoholic. Well, the research is showing otherwise. Mm -hmm. So we could talk all about the physiological effects, but we know that. You know that. I know instinctually we know that's causing issues. Now, maybe we didn't know it was causing issues in such a small amount, but it actually is. As you say, all you need to do is wake up with that pounding headache once and you know that this is not good. This is not doing your body any good. And we can say, you know, social drinking in situations, whether it's a couple of glasses of wine at dinner, whether, you know, we call it here sometimes mummy's little helper, just something to take the edge off in the afternoon uh, when the kids get home from school, maybe a bit later than that, just before dinner, (laughs) should I say. But, you know, I guess they define social drinking or social drinking as as seven drinks a week, so or three drinks in a sitting, which again here in Australia, that's that's you know very much a part of our culture. But you're saying that that research is showing even that is doing us damage. That can be reversed if you just stop. You know there is a chance that your body is going to get back, but you've already triggered something inside of us that you know could lead to those chronic diseases, heart disease, diabetes, um, and that that's extraordinary. And that is the wake up call, isn't it? A quick pause to thank our major sponsor, YouMustTryIt.com. You Must Try It is a second home for the Ageing Project team. It's come about because we, like many of you, felt overwhelmed with so many wellness products to choose from. So between podcast recordings, we've been on a mission with our in-house wellness guru to bring you the good stuff and only the good stuff. Our favourite brands, just tried and tested products we know you'll love. Products aimed to support you on your journey to age well. Whether it be our favourite collagen, skincare, fake tan or organic teas, we've got you covered and we would love you to join us. So please sign up at youmusttryit.com and of course you'll be the first to hear all the details. Oh, and if you've got a must-try product that you love, then please get in touch on our socials. Thanks so much for listening. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah, that, that was the exact study. Uh, what you highlighted of one one drink per day, seven drinks a week, was actually the study that was showing that the brain was actually shrinking as a result of that. So, so we know that. So that is occurring. So there isn't now this excuse. Now, so the the the, the thing that I would offer people is what is in the similar to what happened to me as a as a kid when I was in college I had to ask myself a bigger question what am i what am i truly getting from this and what am i and maybe what am i using it to cope with right what kind of coping mechanism is it or what am i escaping from or what am i not willing to look at that could be had a bad day, difficult emotions that you keep kind of not dealing with. Maybe it's a relationship, 
maybe it's challenging life events for sure. I mean, death and, and breakups and illness. I mean, of course, there's story after story that that we can come up with. There's boredom, it's just straight up stress. There's insomnia, there's trauma and PTSD. The thing is, we have every excuse. We could come up with anything to create a scenario where we do things that are not so great for us, right? And so, and, and when something is socially acceptable, you don't have the same feedback loops, right? Because everyone is doing it. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be an everyone. I want to be me. And I want to be fully fired up in love with myself and my life and contributing to something greater than just existing. And so I think once someone is willing to excavate some reasons for doing it, then they can then get to some points or some points of view or some pain that they may be avoiding. Again, what is in the way of you being at your fullest, at your greatest? Now, you can easily say, it's just a drink. Well, as you do one thing, you do everything. So if you look at your life, are you then, like if you're at the top of your game and you're cranking it and you're hitting all of your goals and life is perfect, okay, cool whatever, do whatever you want. Again, it's like, it's listening. It's not listening your problem. Deep. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's listening to the, to ourselves, aligning ourselves with what feels right for us. I know without a doubt when I, instead of blowing off these little feather touches, just like it happened to me long time ago with this, I know that my life is exponentially greater because not only did I make that choice, now my seven drinks every day added up 365 days, added up five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of doing something. It is easy in this life because we do not get out of pain, period. We have signed up for it, having a body and living this life. It is a part of it. So looking at, instead of trying to avoid things, I think, and what's worked for me is using it as information. So as pain hits, as challenges happen in life, okay, what can I extract from this, and maybe it's not what happened to me, but maybe it's information that's being given to me in a way that I've misidentified and misapplied it. And what if I actually looked at it as a way of an opportunity rather than being a victim place mm-hmm. of like, oh my God, this happened again, and this happened again, and this happened again. That's it. You've just got to sit in it for a while, don't you? Just 
sit there with the pain and work out because I do believe that good has to come from every bad situation and whether that's just as you say if it changes the way you see the world if it changes the way you react to people if it changes something inside of you to sit there with it and actually um, work through it rather than ignore it push it back shut it down whatever it may be and and we do as humans I guess have a habit of putting on that front and just no 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 I'm fine I'll be fine pushing through it takes a really brave person to actually sit there with their pain absolutely and it's not and and, and you know feeling pain is a, I think of it like grief grief has layers and if you're willing to receive it because, you know, you can all use grand examples of this. If you've lost a loved one, it's so overwhelming. You can't possibly get your head around it. But the willingness to receive is such a gift because you get to appreciate life. You get to appreciate the person or a situation. And you get to like a, like, listen, a good tea doesn't precipitate in cold water. It, the good compounds of a good tea come out when you put it in hot water. So, so when we get squeezed and when hot water comes, it is an opportunity for us to go, who am I? What am I? And what do I truly care about? And that to me is some of the gift of this polarity that we live in, some good, some bad, and somewhere in the middle, we can find ourselves navigating these two poles. And for me, going back to alcohol, it just was not something that I saw created any zero goodness in my life, especially after I saw that I put in the middle, I said, well, this thing's going to give me let me, my inhibitions to let go. It's going to let me uh, go out with my friends. I get to let loose. I just trained myself. I said, well, just do that. I don't need alcohol to give me permission. For God's sakes, why would you put anything in between you being you? Right? So that's the gift. That's the ability. Like, And, and also going back to the pain and the strain of life that that sometimes presents itself then that's course correction opportunity i heard a great saying once that was if i'm acting weird around you it's because i'm comfortable and i think i use that a lot in my life i'm like if i'm actually acting a little bit strange it's because i feel good in your company i feel protected i feel safe um sadly some people i guess you do reach that point when you have had a couple of drinks or you do um touch in with that grief or that pain and we, we've all probably been there or, or had that friends that when they do have a few drinks they are able to let go and they are able to converse more easily or, or tell you what's really happening in their life. Uh, it's just a shame, as you say, you need that middleman to get to that point with your good friends, if that's what it is, that actually allows you to be free. And, and then I guess the apology that comes the next day, oh, I'm really sorry for unloading on you. I'm really sorry if that was heavy. Um, but as a friend, you should be like, you don't have to have, you know, you can be that with me anytime. And I guess that's where you know, your, your close friends are or your real friends are. 
Well, that's the, yeah, that unpacks a lot right there, right? And, and, and wouldn't it be even more productive if you're sober and able to have a safe place with a friend and say, hey, listen, I'm going through something. Can I have some time? And then that, that friend, hopefully you cultivate friendships that can, can, can be there in this two-way battle we have with life, right? So, so, you know, sitting down and really being able to express that to friends um, like you said, if you are finding yourself like you just don't have that space, then then the willingness to let people be who they are and to be able to find safe places that you can, you know, learn to have that reflection. And people don't need to say anything, mm-hmm. but an active listener is so powerful for someone. You don't have to do anything other than be have put your phone down, turn off anything, and be there for someone. Uh, a great psychologist in the in the in the early 1900s, Carl Carl Rogers, he coined this whole thing. Active listening is so powerful because people, their own sovereignty, their own ability to hear themselves and to provide their own counseling is there but you also you know bringing this up also speaks to our culture right it also speaks to is it okay to grieve is it okay to be sad you know as men like we're not taught to be that we have to kind of relearn that because we're coming from i came from you know we got to hold it together you don't show weakness and all of that stuff in fact it's the opposite if you hold all of that stuff in it will crush you. It will make you quote unquote weak because it, it will now own you instead of letting this stuff out so that we don't become a victim of the pain, the emotion, and, and i.e. the substances that, that will absolutely ruin your life. It just, it just, there's just no way uh, that that turns out well, especially when people have have challenges around substances. So, you know, it, it speaks to a lot. But uh, I think healthy ways of just feeling emotions and feeling some of our past stuff and not avoiding things is really at the crux of all of this. What can we do? I mean, to go cold turkey like you did, that, that's a very strong mind. <laughs> that, that takes some power. But what can we do today? that is going to help us on our journey to either cutting down, cutting out, uh, reducing, or as you did, just never, ever again touching the stuff. Where do we begin? I mean, honestly, I, I would take a journal out in the morning and just, you know, let out some emotions, let out some of the stuff, because I really believe that a lot of the stuff is at its core. So maybe just a stream of consciousness journaling, just to like, you know, ask yourself, why do I drink? Just ask that same question. Just like you don't have to change anything. I'm not even saying you need to stop drinking. Like so, let even let that go. Just go. Why am I drinking? Why am I going out? What? And just let yourself have a space and get to know yourself a little bit. And on that side, what I did early on is I I would always have something in my hand. So I would have like even now, like even though I don't feel pressure, I bring kombucha, uh, you know, fermented beverage. 
just doesn't have the alcohol. So I bring that with me to parties and stuff like that. Or I just drink water, right? So I have something in my hand. Or maybe I had, I went to a bartender the other day. I went to an opening of a, of a, a, a sound studio and everyone's drinking and all that stuff. And I went to the bartender. I said, hey, what do you have uh, without alcohol? And she said, oh, we have this and this and this. And she made a cocktail, which was really delicious. And I just kept going back because then she had it dialed in. And so no one even asks any questions. They, mm-hmm. they, it's like not even an issue. So you can do things like that to help you. And then just, again, go back to what do you want to do in your life? And be listen, being a leader in your own life is sexy. And it's sexy from the standpoint of, especially in relationship, when you're, when you're you, and fully you and comfortable in you, then that's a sexy position to be in. And, and, and it feels good. So I don't know. I, I just get, you know, the more you can be you, I think that's, that's what we need in the world. And less concerned about all this stuff that, that I'm, I mean, how much of life are we choosing out of the uncomfortable, even going to the party and being concerned what people are going to think of you if you're not going to drink. Let it go. doesn't matter. Ultimately, <laughs> they don't care about you. They just, they just are. It's projection of their insecurity of them not yet understanding that they may not be wanting to drink or they don't want to drink that much or whatever. It's all projection. We're just running around projecting on each other. So just stand in your truth, be happy, you don't judge anyone. Darren, I'm sure you have inspired so many of us to at least give it a go. You know, that's the place to start, isn't it? Just make small changes every day and just see where you might end up. For sure. Like go to the next party, make a commitment, just go, I'm just not going to drink at this party. Don't make it a big deal. I'm just going to see what it's like. And just like an experiment uh, that life seems to be anyway. You might just show up to a party and don't drink. See what it see what it's like. You can always should make another choice later, but just try it. So easy. Perfect. Darren, I know that our audience is going to want to hunt you down in the nicest possible way. Where is the best place for us to connect with you? I'll just Darren Olean on all the social accounts and DarrenOlean.com. Uh, sign up for my newsletter. I'm always putting out cool stuff uh darren aline on instagram facebook's all of that stuff um yeah i'm around (laughs) we will find you i cannot thank you enough for your time today it has been a real honor and delight to chat to you and uh can't wait to see your next series with zach here down under i'm sure the two of you got up to some ridiculously crazy things that i'm sure again we're going to go and find for ourselves after we've uh, seen you guys go through it (laughs) There's, there's a lot there thank you Yeah, thank you. Super fun to be here. Well, that was a lot to digest. And if I'm being honest, my first thought is yes, Darren, you are absolutely right. I think it's high time I did assess my relationship with alcohol. And as a mum, I want my kids to know that I can be fun without alcohol. I'm serious. Darren presented so many questions and ideas that really have me asking, why do I drink? Why do I have a middleman? 
or a wingman even. I'm going to start where Darren recommended. I'm going to start with a journal and perhaps sipping on kombucha or one of those beautiful non-alcoholic cocktails that are available these days at my next social gathering. And look, I'd love for you to try the same. I look forward to reading your comments. I look forward to you sharing your opinions on our socials. And please share this important episode with five people that you love. Thanks for being here and thank you so much for sharing this journey with me. I firmly believe ageing well is better done together. So until next time, I'm Shelley Craft and this, my friends, is the Ageing Project podcast. See you soon. The Ageing Project is brought to you by Poly Studio. They're our go-to team for all things podcasting.